What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it your first listen. Make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's episode, we are looking back and then looking ahead with Yusuf Nurkic, continuing our season review series of players from uh, the opening day roster that made it to the end of the season. We'll talk about Nurk's uh, play this season. We'll talk. We'll look back at my predictions from way back in September of 2022 about the best case and worst case scenarios to see where Nurk landed, and then we'll look ahead to Nurk's future. I think the big question with Nurk is: Is he part of whatever's next? The Blazers are entering, obviously, a very important off season for their future, regardless of what they choose. Like regardless of the direction they choose, if they go the route with youth, if they go the route with vets. I think it's fair to ask in either scenario if Nurk is part of the plan. So that's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let's look back on what Nurk did in the 2022-2023 season. Nurk played in 52 games, averaging 26.8 minutes a night, finished with averages of 13.3 points, 9.1 boards, 2.9 assists, shot 51.9% from the floor, 36% from three on a career-high 2.3 attempts per game, and 66% from the free throw line. Uh, he was slightly down across the board in terms of just raw production from the previous season. Uh, played a couple less minutes, about a minute and a half less on average. Uh, and so his, his just sort of... his. His numbers were down. I think the addition of Jeremy Grant's kind of uh, ate into some of his just like raw opportunities. Efficiency about the same. Like even with the added, you know, effective field goal percentage a little higher, even with the added three-point shot, uh, true shooting percentage about the same. The sort of catch-all stats, the alphabet soup stats, as John Hollinger calls them, uh, he was a little bit worse. Uh, in, in general, he, was, he, he wasn't like... He's about about the same as he had been a season ago, but he but the but the real weapon, the real weapon was the added three point shot. This is what changed for Yusuf Nurkic. It wasn't, um, you know, he he didn't make massive strides. He didn't make it take a massive step back. He was about the same production, except he shot threes a little bit more often. He was shooting about one a game a season ago, up to over two a game by the end of the season. And it took a little while for him to sort of commit to it. Uh, over the first 16 games, he played in 13 of those first 16 for the Blazers. Um, he took about one a game, just like right at one a game. And then from there, I don't know what changed, but basically in mid-November, I'm sure at some point in conversation or he made some some night and got the green light to do it forever. Uh, he started taking two, 2.7 per game from basically mid to mid November on nearly three attempts from three a game. Uh, and, and, and it became a real weapon for Nurk. There was a, there was a brief period when he first started bombing away from three that he was shooting close to close to, uh, you know, 40 plus percent, close to 50% briefly at the beginning of there uh, from three, like he was making them. I don't know that he was like deeply changing the way teams guard him, but it was like starting to trend that way. And then teams just said, yeah, whatever, shoot, yeah, whatever, shoot it. And he went back down to about 36, 36% finish there at the season. That's totally respectable. That's like right around league average. That's totally respectable from three. Um, 
it just wasn't this crazy weapon that the kind of at the that when he first started first unleashed it that you thought it might be. Uh, Nurk's season kind of took derailed in the new year. Um, he got had a calf injury that he aggravated in January. He attempted to play through, played in a couple games, missed a game, played in a couple games, and then he came back against the Memphis Grizzlies on February first and played less than three minutes clearly hurt himself, signaled to get out of the game, and missed the next 14 games over five weeks, including the All-Star break. Uh, just a calf injury that he, you know, he tried to try to say, okay, I'll take a night off, and then, then maybe I can get it going, and we'll make this run down the stretch, heading into the All-Star break, heading into the trade deadline and all that. Didn't work, aggravated in that Memphis game, like non-contact, just like took a step back, immediately signaled to the bench. Missed five weeks, missed over a month, um, finally returned on March 8th and played in the final seven f- seven games of his season. Blazers go one and six over those final seven games. Not Nurk's fault, just uh, factually. It was over two weeks. Um, he, in his final game, he had 20 points, four boards, and four assists in 31 minutes against the Utah Jazz. The Blazers saw him play that well against a, a decent team, and they said, yeah, you're never playing again this season. That was the final game for him. It was the final game for Damian Lillard. It was the final game for Anthony Simons. And Yusuf Nurkic popped up on the injury reports at the final 10 games with what the Blazers called right knee soreness or what you might know as Wemby-itis. And that's how his season ended. 52 games, another 10 that seems like he could have played in and didn't. Um, but even then, you play, you know, uh, if you say he plays in all ten of those, sixty-two availability still kind of a still kind of a daunting thing for Nurk. You're not consistently getting seventy-plus games out of him, and I think that's that's kind of where you land with Yusuf Nurkic. It's not that he is. Um, it's mostly that his struggles are with availability and consistency. And if you go back to September, which we're going to do in the second segment, that was my worry with Nurk back in September. Not the injury stuff, because those the predictions are without injuries, but it was it was the consistency. And while I don't think Nurk was bad this year, there was, there was some real, real inconsistency in his game. And if you watch the Blazers closely, I know you saw it. That's what Nurk did. What's Nurk going to do? Let's go back to go forward. Let's look back at my preseason predictions in the second segment, and then we'll talk about what's next for Nurk to close the show. But first... Let me tell you about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You ever wanted to be an NBA GM? Well, turns out you've got an opportunity and a challenging one at that. Uh, If you've ever fantasized about managing your own basketball team or just being involved in all the decisions of running a basketball franchise, go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. Game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory. So you build a dynasty in in a simulation where you are responsible for every aspect from hiring uh, the right coaches, from trading and training players, from navigating the draft and free agency, and then dealing with the challenging personalities of the players and the coaches that end up on your team. All this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go as you want, when you want. I've actually had a couple of listeners who have checked this out and played it and said that they got addicted and played too much. Shout out to listener Jesse, who sent me an email that was like, whoops, this game filled a bunch of my time now that my team is out of the playoffs. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it has become you know a whole bunch of fun to sort of be the big decision maker for, for a basketball team and, and do all the parts of it, you know, like, like make every aspect of 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 running a team. So right now, 
Go be like Jesse. Go be like listener Jesse. Uh, my listeners, get 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. So make sure you check it out. Download the game. Visit probasketballgm.com or scan the code if you're watching here on YouTube. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right. Let's 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 take a little trip back in the Wayback Machine. What we do in these previews or in these reviews is we revisit the previews, baby. Uh, heading into the season, I for every player in the roster, I do a rundown, much like we're doing these. Much like we do in the run out, we do a run up to the season, looking at every player, player capsules with best and worst case scenarios. And the best and worst case scenarios are within reason and without injury. And by that, I mean like I'm trying to set poles that I think are realistic that the player can hit. And the worst case scenarios aren't like your body breaks down. So let's visit what I said about Nurk way back in September of 2022 and see where the Bosnian beast landed after he played his 52 games this season. Hit it, Michael, from the past. Best case scenario for Yusuf Nurkic, there's one word that comes up. It's consistency. Sure, it's consistency in, you know, shot making around the rim, setting his feet, getting his, you know, going, finishing high as opposed to little flip shots down low, but it's also uh, consistency with mental stuff focus and with a little more consistent focus and a little more consistent effort at the peak because when Nurk goes hard he's fantastic will lead to a better performance look Nurk has never been an above average scorer in terms of efficiency he never has been that's not who he is the best case scenario for use of Nurkic is that he does make those layups and he does play with patience the best case scenario is that he avoids foul trouble all of those things are consistency with Nurk. Consistency to uh, take his time, consistency to play the smart and right way, the consistency to say, if I rush, it it goes worse for me. Play as Nurk's best is really good. The challenge for Nurk and the best case scenario for Nurk is that he hits the best more often. And to be more pointed, the best case scenario for Yusuf Nurkic is that he's on the floor to close games and there isn't a single debate about the closing lineup. The best case scenario for Nurk is that all of the, are the Blazers going to go small? What are their solutions? How are they going to do this? All of those go out the window because Nurk is so good and he's so consistent with the way he plays and the effort with which he plays and the focus with which he plays there is not a debate at the end of games about who is playing center. So what's the worst case scenario? It's that the frustrating nights where Nurk seems to lack that sharp focus and one mistake spirals into several bad decisions pops up more often than it should. In short, the worst case scenario is inconsistency. This has been the issue with Nurk most of his career. When Nurk's good, he's good. And when he's bad, he's bad. And sometimes the bad spirals. 
sometimes the frustration spirals and you can see it happening. The worst case scenario is not that Nurk drops off a cliff skill-wise. In fact, I think the difference in the best case and worst case scenario in terms of skill and, and quite frankly, production for Nurk are incredibly, incredibly narrow. If you'll, if you'll remember, if you'll join me in a trip back to the first segment, when Nurk was like bad and bad at the beginning of the year, and I think that would, I, I like, I don't mean like capital B awful, but capital B bad and awful. It just like, he wasn't very good and you could see it. This was not a good Nurk. He averaged 13 and 10. When Nurk was awesome, he averaged 17 and 13. Um, it's, it's not like, you know, it's four points and three rebounds. Obviously that's like, you know, that, that's like a bunch of bench players production. That's like pretty good, right? That, that is a relatively significant jump, but it's not like he's going from, he's not, he doesn't fall off a cliff when he's bad. 13 and 10 and two and a half assists. Like it's it's just consistency with more than anything with Nurk. You know it when you see it because when he's good, he's good. And when he's bad, he's bad. And the worst case scenario is that you see it. You see it. In fact, the worst case scenario for Yusuf Nurkic is that any point during this season, people mention his contract status or his salary number. If people are talking about how much money Nurk is making, that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is you do not worry about a four-year, $70 million contract because the dude is bawling. And the worst case scenario is that people keep pointing out, this is what you get for $15.5 million. That's the worst case scenario. Thank you, Michael, from the past, for your sagely wisdom. I think it's pretty clear that Nurk hit his worst case scenario. People were talking about how much money he makes from before the season started. In fact, I had friend of the program Brandon Sprague on the on the on the show like or I excuse me I joined Jack Ramsey's with Brandon Sprague and Danny Morang that's where we had this conversation and Brandon Brandon mentioned Nurk's contract before the season even started people were worried about him being overpaid immediately the thing about Nurk is that his production is pretty pretty much there like he's going to get you 14 and 10 to assist some turnovers, it's he hit his worst case scenario because he was inconsistent this year. For the first time, this um, for the first time in his career, and some of this is roster, some of this some of this is new coaching. But there were games where he didn't close. Night one of literally the for game one of the season, they closed small, but it, like deeper into the season, they closed with with Drew Eubanks sometimes because he his ability to switch a little bit better on the perimeter than Nurk and keep guys in front as a switchier defender was more valuable. And Nurk's like a better defensive player and like just a straight up much better basketball player than, than Drew Eubanks. But sometimes skill set is skill set, a skill set. And um, yeah, like it made more sense to close those games with Eubanks. There were, there were just, I don't think that Nurk was bad. In the same way that I don't think his best and worst case scenarios were like he, the like the the wheels fall off the thing and he's bad, it's that the inconsistency shows up so often and it's like, you know, there were still nights when Nurk was was a monster. In fact, like it's like they shut him down because he had twenty four and four against a good team on the road in Utah, and they were like, yeah, we got to get worse. Like he's too good to play, you know, like he's too good to play. So it, it's it's not that he's like. It's not he's terrible. It's just that what you can count on him to do is not always there. And he has some skill set limitations. He's just big and he's not going to be able to guard in space. He's not super vertical. So he's not a crazy rim protector. 
Um, this, the defensive scheme maybe doesn't fit his skill set. And because of the way the offense ran, he didn't run as much sort of handoff stuff with Dame to really utilize what makes him special. When they ran stuff through Nurk, they ran him through the post and through the elbows and let him operate from there as opposed to like, um, you know, handoff, 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 re- handoff, or like screen, pitch back, rescreen in the handoff that was like more common um, under the prior coaching staff. I think Nurk hit his worst case scenario. I think he hit it. Like I think he hit it right. I think think he hit it right on. Uh, as as Michael from the past mentioned, th- it was narrow. The difference between the best and worst is pretty narrow. And Nurk in that very narrow hallway leaned towards the worst side. So what's next for him? What's next for Nurk? That's a question that is unknown. Like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna break some news here. I'm not pretending to do that, but. Like I mentioned up top, regardless of the direction the Blazers go, whether Nurk fits into either version of the plan is uncertain. So let's talk in the third segment to close this here program about what is next for Yusuf Nurkic. That's that's what we'll do to close the show is talk about the future and Nurk's future in it. But first, I want to tell you about Game Time. It's a place to get last-minute tickets. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater needs. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event plus the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less money game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds just two taps and you're set plus tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never got to dig through your email you just got them real quick easy to find get yourself into the venue get excited go have some fun so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nba for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem and use the redemption code Locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. The future is the question for Nurk. His present is known. I think Nurk is what he is. And let's be clear. On the list of problems for the Portland Trailblazers, is Nurk even in the top five? <laughs> like, like, is he is he really even in the like is he one of their main issues? Like, I know he's a scapegoat. Um, and, and I think some other media members probably are a little harsher on him than I am. Maybe I'm too nice to Nurk. You're too kind to him, Michael. Whatever. Like, um I'm not even sure he's like one of their top five most in, like most pressing issues. But I also think he's pretty clearly not the solution. I don't mean that in some sort of like harsh way or a way that is other people haven't said 
ad nauseum for many, many, many months. I just mean NERC skills don't necessarily align with what the coaching staff wants to do. And they don't align with what Damian Lillard needs right now. As Dame, you know, Dame's never been a good defensive player. He's, I think Dame arguably had his best defensive season this year. And even then, he's a below average defender. He's not that good at it. Um, he's more competitive and he's he's more, more attuned, but he's still a below average defensive player. And to cover for him, and if you're going to play Amphrey Simons, who's a, who's a negative defender, and um, uh, I've, I've seen the good folks, I've seen the good folks at, uh, at B-Bowl Impact that say Ant is maybe good at defense. I've watched all his games. He's not. Um, <laughs> and, and if Ant isn't involved, and Shaden Sharp is your starting two guard, which if you've listened to the program, you know that I am um, skeptical of. Shane Sharp was a pretty bad defensive player this year, although he's got some defensive chops that he can improve, but like banking on a 20-year-old to be good on defense is going to be tough. You need plus defenders, not guys who can get by. And to cover for that, like assuming you're going to have, as of right now, things are going to change a bunch. This is like not that particularly meaningful insight, but let's just say with Dame, you would need a athletic center who could cover more ground to make up for his deficiencies. I think that's just true. Your coworkers matter. Nurk isn't that. Can use someone who's a little more vertical around the rim and can be a shot blocker, could erase things on the backside as a help defender. Nurk's best skill is deterrence, right? Like he's like, I'm big, I'm in the paint, you don't want to come to the rim. But the scheme now, the way the Blazers guard on defense, Nurk doesn't have that, you know, he's they switch more. Um they they guard they you know ask Nurk to guard in space, ask Nurk to guard farther outs. Even if they don't switch, he hedges and recovers. Or if they play a drop, they're playing not nearly as soft a drop as they did. They play like a little higher drop. So Nurk is just coming out further. Uh, you know, like super deep drops hard to do without like crazy length and really connected defenders uh, like the Milwaukee Bucks. But like so, that's, I don't know that that's going to happen. Uh, but like Nurk's best skill on defense is being in the way, just being big and being in the way because that's what he is. He's a giant person. He can't fly around. It's like, why doesn't Nurk play harder? He has 300 pounds. He cannot sprint around all of the time. Like he's just, his his thing that he's going to do is be gigantic. There aren't that many dudes in the league Nurk's size. That's what makes him special. But I don't think that's what the Blazers necessarily need at this point. And I think that's where the crossroads is. They probably could use something different at center. And trading Nurk for an upgrade is going to be challenging because he's owed $54 million over the next three seasons. Still got a bunch of money coming to him. I don't think it's a crazy, I don't think his contract's like crazy, but it is, it's the length, right? It's the, it's the several years of committing to that much money is what, is what's going to sort of drive down his, his interest around the league. Like, I don't think Nurk is like this, like deeply negative asset, but would you need to maybe attach a second rounder to make it happen with Nurk? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't think you have to trade like Nurk in a future first to get off his money. It's not that type of deal. It's just like it's it's not super palatable. And the value of centers generally across the league is diminished somewhat because athleticism, guarding in space and skill matters. People aren't invent like obviously there's like top tier centers that are pretty people pretty invested in. They're going to finish one, two in the MVP voting. But like. The league is just, in, in general, the league is less invested in the center position than they've been. And Nurk, 
Nurk's long-term money makes him less desirable. If they stick the veteran route, as I've just laid out, I think they could use an upgrade or a change. Uh, upgrade might be impossible at that spot, so like change. They could use something different. Even just a, a lob threat on offense would be valuable. Nurk doesn't. Um, Nurk's not like an above the rim guy on offense. He's um, he's a pretty good pick and roll player, like for sure. Like even at at times a very good pick and roll player. But like he's not this like above the rims vertical you know, change the calculation lob threat. He's just a load. Dude's huge and skilled and um, and has good feet when he can be calm and slow down and like be big. He just doesn't always play big. Sometimes he plays um, like he's 6'7", 185 and he happens to be 7'10", 7'10", 6'10", 300 pounds, 6'11", 300 pounds, 7'300 pounds. Like he's a huge person. Come on, play like it. If they go the other route, if they go if they go veteran, I think they could use a, just a change of pace. If they go younger, I don't think Nurk is going to like hold the team back. And in fact, there might be some value in just like having him having him there because size, really good screen setter. Again, like he's not a bad basketball player. He's just um, he's just a little bit frustrating. But he's not like the he's he's not whatever hap like the next era of the Blazers as they move, you know, forward three, four seasons, Nurk's not going to be involved in whatever's next. Um, so it doesn't matter if he, if he stays like, that's fine. It's not going to like a detriment to the team, but he's, he's clearly not on that timeline. He's just older. Um, and, and he's, he's likely to slow down. He's had some, had some health issues. Uh, many seasons of his career, just like staying availability has been, a, has been a challenge for him. So the question is like, so what do they trade him for, Mike? I've listened to 25 minutes of this podcast. Tell me where he's getting traded. I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, when we did this at the trade deadline, I felt the same way and I still feel the same way now. I don't look around the league and think like, oh, this team could really use Nurk. This team could really use Nurk. I know there were some whispers that Toronto was, um, whispers, rumors, I read it. I read it on the internet that Toronto had kicked the can on, on Yusuf Nurkic. Um... They pursued Jakob Pertl, so take them out of the running. And 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 Jakob Pertl's like better than Nurk, uh, significantly better than Nurk. So, um, yeah, like I don't see an obvious team. That doesn't mean that like through you know the playoffs can reveal truths, so or they can reveal like we gotta we gotta try something different. Um, priorities change, people lose jobs, and then it's you know, and then there's some financial stuff that teams will have to go through, and maybe they'll make some decisions here and there, and you can make the money work and make it happen. I would assume that if the Blazers could find an upgrade, it's clear that they would pursue it. Like they just need it. Like if if you've watched enough of their basketball games a more athletic person in the center would be valuable for what they specifically need with Damian Lillard. I don't know that they can find a suitor for Nurk on his own. So maybe he's part of a bigger deal. Maybe he's part of, of the big deal, whatever it looks like. But I don't, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I, oh, this works. Like, uh, that's not, I'm not a trade machine. I'm not the trade machine maestro. That's for you. That's for you, trade machine maestro out there listening in the listening right now. Um, I don't see an obvious destination for him for a team that would want him. So I don't know if he'll be back. I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I believe when I did my "Who's Gonna Stay, Who's Gonna Go" podcast, I put him at slightly more likely, slightly slightly more likely to be in Portland than not, just because of of the plan uh, but i think it's i think it's basically a coin flip this summer whether he stays or goes and part of that is like 
if they do go young and they do end up trading Damian Lillard, the roster might change over entirely. So we will see what happens. Like I said, I don't think Nurk's a bad basketball player. I don't even think Nurk's a problem. I just think they could use a different style of skill set. And they've kind of, they know you know what you're going to get from Yusuf Nurkic. The good, the bad, all of it. You know what you're going to get. It's his, his production is, is bank, you know, put in the books. 15 and 10. Couple assists. If he's bad, 13 and 9. If he's good, 17 and 12. It's just like that's, it's, he's, he, he's going to give you what he gives you. Um, and, and if he's back, he'll give you what he gives you because he helps. He'll have some maddening nights. If he goes, uh, you know, he's, uh, he was part of, um, he was part of a team that kind of, he was part of the trade when he arrived here that kind of, resurrected a team that was really heading the wrong way and and was you know part of um part of 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 the best post Lamarcus run of Dame's career so um we will see what happens with Nurk if you got an idea email me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com that's going to do it for today's show we're going to keep running through these tomorrow's show we will do Anthony Simons come back we'll talk Ant Season review, look ahead to what's going to happen with Ant. Tell your friends about this podcast. You can get it wherever they listen to podcasts. Also on YouTube. Make it your first listen. Monday through Friday. Start your days with it. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>